motherfucker stuck in 1989. That's why his album's called One Less Gear. Welcome, everyone, to yet another bonus episode of Juggalo Rewind. We are here on the One Less G season talking this week about Blaze's comic. And what better guest could we possibly have than the writer of this comic, Mr. Rob Humphrey? Uh, please excuse the slight audio issues that we have. Bear in mind that we recorded this 12 hours before we're dropping it, so we didn't have time to do a lot of editing. But this is bonus, and you're all good fans and friends, and you'll excuse that from us, because we're giving you the best product that we possibly can. Anyways, we have a nice conversation here with Rob, and then if you stick around till the end, we're going to have a little bonus little snippet from last week that we kept for this special episode revolving around the comic book. So you may be at the gathering currently if you're listening to this while this drops. We hope that you're beating the heat and that you're okay out there in the middle of Ohio because no one wants to be in the middle of Ohio. Regardless, whether you're out there gathering or you're at home, sit back Enjoy, and we will catch you at the end of this episode for a little wrap-up. So enjoy our conversation with Rob. Don't be nervous. I can tell. I can tell you're, you're nervous by talking to two professionals. Man, I tell you, nobody ever wants to talk to me, so <laughs> I'm, all, I'm all like, Ooh, what am I going to do? <laughs> Everyone, uh, welcome to our Blaze comic episode of the Juggalo Rewind. We are here with Rob Humphrey, the writer of Blaze's comic book. What's going on, Rob? Hey, what's going on, fellas? You know, just hanging out, enjoying uh, this beautiful Michigan day. Nice uh, sweltering heat. Yeah. The Midwest (laughs) summer is upon us. Yeah, so, it showed up fast. <laughs> yeah, it did. We were uh, trying to do a little research here, and I am totally unaware. Where are you from? I I am actually from Michigan as well. So that's kind of what I thought, but I didn't want to uh, insinuate. You're, uh, <laughs> <laughs> do, do you, this just to be a, a random string of questions, do you run the uh, Cherry Capital Comic Con? I do. So, I do. Are, uh, so yeah. you're from up north, I would assume? Yep. I'm uh, from from around the Traverse City area, and uh, yeah, I, I run uh, Cherry Capital Comic Con with a there's, a there's a small staff of us, about ten or ten or fourteen of us that put the show on, and it's all, all all for the love of comics and fandom and getting people together and community, and it's a blast. Yeah, and you've had some pretty big names there. As I was doing some research, uh, you had Tony Schiavone a year or two ago. Um, yeah, yeah, we had up, uh, a couple of years back. He's he's a trip and a half. Yeah, no, he's uh, he was at Astronomicon what year, Chris? And uh, the one in Ann Arbor, right? Yeah, that's like four, maybe. Yeah, and uh, yeah, he's a super nice guy. Like I would say, probably the nicest wrestling celebrity that we have run into. So, yeah, he's he's so fun to talk to because like you know some of those guys don't always want to talk about the business but like he'll, he'll talk about the business and then 
we we got into a conversation about spam. He loves spam, like the, <laughs> the canned meat. Yeah, <laughs> the most Not random conversations with people. He's super cool. We watched them help someone interview him. Like they couldn't get their recording stuff right, and he's like, "Look, I had one of these. This is what you have to do." Like he just took all the time in the world for people. So that was very fun. But this isn't about Tony Schiavone. It could be. But we don't have to dwell on, on Tony Schiavone. We're here with you. Obviously, like we said, uh, you are from the Traverse City area. So you're a Michigander. We'll, we'll take that. We're from closer to the city of Detroit. But we're all, we're all Michigan natives here. We're um, still below the bridge, so we'll claim you. <laughs> yeah. yeah there, there, there may be a little youper blood there, but I, <laughs> I, I am not from above the bridge. Well, we'll take it. Um, if you just give us a little bit of history, um, I mean, did you grow up in Michigan? Are you a Michigander by by yeah. trade, by blood? No, Michigan born and raised. I've I've, I've always lived up in this area, and uh, you know it, it's uh, it, it's interesting that um, in in you know the older you get, the more you start traveling. You know, all over the state. And like for for the longest time, it was like you know you stay in your your own little area, and then you know. I think my first, it was probably like 25 years ago, was my first uh, trip down to the Detroit area. And, you know, I just, I love, I love everything. There's so much to do down there. Like, uh, so we, we make it a point, you know, at least four or five, six times a year, come down to Detroit, hang out, do something, you know, go to a concert, go hit up some, some comic and toy shops, come down for convention, you know, just come down to eat. There's tons of great food and I'm a big boy. I love food. So we're talking. Say, if you need some food recommendations, you let us know. We'll We'll be your new friends on your uh, Yelp journey throughout the city. (laughs) Uh, So as we said, you wrote Blaze's comic book, and we'll get to that in a minute here. But uh, what's your history with comics? I mean, obviously, Every kid grew up loving comics, right? But when did it yeah. turn into, okay, this is something I collect, into something I do, into something I think I can make a career? So my journey has been very, very interesting. I've been involved with comics in some way, shape, or form almost my entire life. I, I started reading and collecting when I was a little, little kid. Like I'm going to date myself, but um, back in the 80s where the, the Kenner superpowers figures, Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, you know, all the DC heroes and stuff, all, all those toys came packaged with little mini comic books. And as a kid, that was my first introduction to it and then fell in love with a bunch of the Marvel stuff, uh, you know, and, and then as a teenager, fell, fell in love with a bunch of the indie stuff, you know, uh, when, when the image explosion and, you know, Wildcats and Spawn and Max and, and stuff like that. And, you know, always been a big team and T fan, you know, all the old underground Mirage stuff. And uh, at some point toward the end of like, I don't know, somewhere between 16 and 18, I started, uh, I had enough of a collection of stuff that I just started doing some of those, you know, like you go to the mall and there's, you know, like it's like a, a whole vendor, uh, you know, like pop-up show. Um, they would do these, you know, comic shows in the malls and I would travel around and do those as a vendor, just selling stuff out of my collection, trading with people. And I ran an online shop for a little while. I, I helped run our local shop up here for quite a while and then started doing the, the, the convention promoter thing 15, 16 years ago. Um, Cherry's been running for like 15 years now. Uh, and so like, I've always had my hands in comics, um, 
but I also have a writing background. Um, you know, for the longest time, I, uh, a lifetime ago, I was, I was chasing down, you know, being a, being a journalist and, uh, you know, that, that went sideways and just kind of fell out of favor with me. And I, you know, I just fell out of love with it and, uh, but always loved comics and somewhere around, I don't know, maybe 12 years ago, I, you know, I, I was like, well, why, why am I not like, I love to write and, and I love comics. Why am I not writing comics? Like, you know, it's like a light bulb goes off and you're like, that's something you can do. Like, I guess, <laughs> yeah, you know, awesome. and yeah, yeah. Just like out of nowhere. It's just like, well, you know, I wonder what, what goes into this and you know, what, what that looks like. And I, I happened to just from my travels, I, I knew a writer at Marvel at the time and, um, started bugging him and and said hey you know I, I wrote a spec script like give me your brutal honest opinion I'll buy a case of beer the next time I see you and you know and he looked it over and got back with me right away and he's like we'd print this as is he's like this is better than most of the final drafts that you know we see come in and he's like a couple little minor nitpicky tweaks and he's like no this is this is something you should consider doing so Thanks. I, I just started doing it and I wrote a web comic for a few years and, uh, and, uh, a call punch in the clock. So if you ever worked crappy customer retail service type jobs and that was and on my list of things. Yeah. List of things to talk about that. I was looking over that and that's really funny. Everyone should yeah, have some kind of connection to that. That was, that was my, that was my break in. I, I just started, um, with, with artist Jeff Manley. Like we, we both lived in the same area and bumped into each other randomly one day and like, Oh, we should do something together. Cause we both had nothing going on. And, and we just started brainstorming and put it together. And I cobbled together a website with the help, help of some friends. And we launched this thing and, and it blew up like overnight. And I've been riding the roller coaster ever since. <laughs> So Chris, nice. that's all you have to do is know someone who works at Marvel and then <laughs> work hard at something and have a blow up overnight. And we're well, set. Let's, let's get that moving. It's a whole bunch of happy accidents, right? Like, yeah. no, you know, know, Oh no, it's, it's like, it's, it, it sounds so it just from years of doing comic stuff, like you meet people and you, you know, you go to conventions, you meet people and you make friendships and like, yeah, it, it was so funny when I asked him to, to look at what I, I put together, he was like, I shouldn't do this because, you know, you, you never want to do this because writers will put themselves in that position, right? Where they'll look at somebody else's work. And then if that idea pops up in a story a few years later, there's that whole like, oh, well, he stole it from me, that type of thing. And, you know, so most people are pretty cognizant of that. I, I'm, I'm super lucky yeah. that he even like peeked at it and gave me the encouragement because after that point, he's like, don't bring me anything else. Like, yeah, yeah no problem. You know, like it, it, it just, just a bunch of happy accidents. like. You know, web comics at the time when when we started doing Punch on the Clock was, I mean, there were like 20, 22,000 web comics out there at that time. Crazy. And it wasn't really at the birth of web comics, but it wasn't at the the apex either. And uh, and there's a bunch of like buddy workplace type stuff out there. There's a ton of retail web comics. I remember going through and like searching for a bunch of it and reading it just to see like, am I just going to be white noise or... You know, what, what does this even look like? And uh, I, I read through a bunch of the stuff that was out there and I was like, I think I've got a different take on this in at least different enough that we could stand out. And I mean, people showed up for it. Like I, I, I can't even like the amount of support that I got from people just that I had interacted with locally, you know, from 
doing the comic con or running the shop and you know just being involved in the comics community like they all showed up it's like this is it's all built on on community like if you don't have people willing to show up for you like it's super hard to to, to get a leg up and pe- people bought the book and and tuned in every week online and stuff and it it really set me up for success like i couldn't do it without the community behind me like that's if i had to give one piece of advice like that's the biggest piece like build a community build 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 around your people well we go to conventions and the only person we've befriended is dan Housen's dad so we're we've, <laughs> he's we've great a, no he is he, we, he's great <laughs> he is great but just when you said you were meeting people i'm like that's the first person i could think of that we've befriended <laughs> at a convention so it is a good point, though, even just, you know, we don't do a ton of them. We do Astro every year. And just through that, you know, the amount of people you see every year and kind of build a little relationship with, it does, you know, kind of help you grow and and, and they just give you confidence to branch out to do some of them things. Yeah. And like, you know, those, those professional relationships sometimes become personal relationships and they become friendships and you hang out and you talk sometimes. And like, especially if you go and do a bunch of different conventions, sometimes it's I, I almost tongue in cheek, like refer to it like a traveling cir- circus, because sometimes like you will do four five, six, seven shows in a row and you'll see the same like five or six people at every show that you're like, oh, yeah, we just last weekend we hung out. We did this. And then two weeks later, you're like, oh, you again. Yeah, cool. Right. Like, <laughs> let's grab dinner if we're going to keep seeing each other like this. It's, yeah, uh, we joke about it. And I don't know if you're friendly with them, but how many conventions, Chris, do we see Dom at? The guy who does uh, McCarty's. Oh, yeah. Comic. Oh, yeah. We see him he, everywhere. <laughs> he is at every convention, at every wrestling show, every everywhere. And I'm like, how every, do you, what do you do? Everybody <laughs> so knows Dom. Yeah. He's a good dude. He is. But he is, I, I, I he's a traveling circus. That's exactly what he is. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. <laughs> his, his jersey is on two little dummies and he just puts them in his car and he goes to the next point. So it's, <laughs> Some of the most surreal things that the the stuff when you pack and bring to conventions, you know, and and sometimes you get just get funny looks from people like, you know, the the, the standing the vinyl banners, right, that we all have behind tables and stuff is always the the, the funniest thing to me, you know, because basically carrying around advertising for yourself, it's life size (laughs) in some some instances and people who've never been to a convention look at that and they're like, why do you have this? we always say that the turn because we you know this is our, our side gig as we'd say it's our day job you know your brain goes back to that and you're like man the two different worlds of the people we've interacted with is, is completely you know different realms it's, it's funny it's funny when you look at it that way yeah i you know i i work a day job and man it's trying to marry the two and reconcile them and and have people from one world understand the other is <laughs> it's best just to keep them separate sometimes yeah, two different languages i you speak you think it's <laughs> right, easy for right, us to right. tell people we have a juggalo podcast <laughs> like, yeah. how do you explain that it's just like oh yeah no it's just it, it's about music don't worry don't yeah know. it's like it it if people haven't found their way to the thing that you're passionate about like you can either lead them down the path or may, may, maybe you just kid gloves like is this person going to follow me down this path and understand what I'm doing? And not, not, not everybody. It's so ingrained in us, right? Like that, like you just, you're part of this culture and a part of this world. And then, and and then you meet somebody who isn't, it's so foreign sometimes where it's like, wait, are you living under a rock? How do you not know about this thing? Yeah, I totally get that sometimes. Speaking about living under a rock and things that I have no interest in, but Chris does. One of the other things that you have worked on 
you worked on a sketchbook that was licensed by George Lucas. Like that's yeah. crazy. That's so I, yeah. I know nothing about star Wars this is where Chris gets all boned up. But like, how does that, is that maybe we're jumping ahead, but like, is that the biggest thing? Like, is that your bucket list? Like, this is the coolest thing I've ever done. Kind of experience. The people at Lucasfilm were, they were really super cool to work with. Um, that all came about. It, 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 it was, it was birthed out of passion, I guess. Um, so Most births there, are. Like, yeah, it, it just, it's, <laughs> it's, it's one of those things where it's like, it just manifested though, right? Just from trying to do something good. Um, again, you know, you do enough conventions and you meet enough people and, and you start to assemble a list of, you know, people you can call when situations pop up. And there was in, in our area, there was a, a, a little boy who um, got to be kind of the, the kind of the, 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 the celebratory, like he was, he was the kid of the hour at Cherry Capital Comic Con, right? Like uh, his parents brought him in. He had, he had a couple of medical conditions and um, you know, it just happened. They emailed us one year and they were like, Hey, you know, uh, we want to bring our son in. He's a big star Wars fan. You know, we want to do something fun for him. You know, he's got stuff going on. And um, we had Dave Dorman that year uh, at the show and Dave Dorman, has done a ton of iconic Star Wars art. Um, a lot of the, uh, uh, like the painted covers from the old Dark Horse books. Um, oh, yeah, you know, yeah. he did. He's done some really, really iconic pieces, and we're like, oh, this is perfect. Like, let's let's bring him in. You know, he can sit and meet Dave, and like they sketched together, and he got a whole bunch of art from him and stuff. And uh, he ended up, he had a, a, a brain tumor, and. Um, a number of us were like, well, we want to help these guys out because they're just such good people. And he's such a, such a good kid and like always super positive and like center of attention when he walks in a room, like ca captivate your imagination. Like, you know, he show up to the show, full cosplay and Jedi robes and, uh, you know, carrying a lightsaber and stuff and just a super cool kid. And so we, uh, a few of us started talking about like, well, what can we do to help them? It's like, you know, I know enough artists, like, maybe I can get them to contribute and, and do some original art, you know, and you just to kind of like help lift his spirits. And so I started talking and I, by the time I got to like 30 artists that were on board with this thing, cause it just steamrolled and everybody wanted to be a part of it. Right. And, um, you know, it just turned into one of those things where like, okay, I've got a whole bunch of people that want to do this. Well now how can we like make this even better? And so I started reaching out. I'm like, I want to put together like a sketchbook and, like let's give let's give the kid all the original art, and um, and uh, that way you know like he can have all of it you know it's all in his private collection his parents and like you know they still have it stay in their in their house um, you know to this day they still have all of it but uh, I started like poking around with people that I knew I was like hey has anybody got a Lucasfilm contact anywhere in licensing anywhere like all the five hundred first guys that uh, you know that go and do charity work like one of you guys has to have some contact at Lucasfilm to do charitable work. And I was able to make a connection and they signed off on it and they were, they were like, yep, you could do this. And I said, okay, well, what if I want to sell these things to, to raise money to like help cover medical expenses and stuff? Mm -hmm. And they're like, that's a little bit more involved, but we're down to talk about it. And uh, they put together a whole contract and like we made t-shirts and posters and sketchbooks and um, that I had a nice big con 
Nice big contract, best day of my life. I open the mailbox and there's a letter from Lucasfilm with a logo on it and everything. And like my little fanboy heart, I was just like, ah, right. I had a moment. And uh, and so like we went through this whole thing, this process of like signing the contract. They wanted full review over everything, which, you know, it's their licensed property, absolutely. Um, so we went through a couple of rounds of reviews after we put the sketchbook together and they signed off on it fully and let us sell it to raise money for for, for, for this kid's medical expenses. And, um, and you know, it was, it was a cool deal. And then, then they were like, Oh, can you send us five of everything you created to put in the archives? So like a project I worked on has, there's, there's five copies of, of everything we produced in the Lucasfilm archives. Nice. And like my brain can't even wrap, like to this day, I can't wrap my head around that. And, but they were so cool. Like not only did they let us like use their, their characters to raise money, but they also sent him a huge box of just swag, just Star Wars swag, just to, as a hey, here you go, like right. surprise, just to just to you know be on board with everything and help out. Like they they were the best. They were very very cool. I can't say enough good things about Lucasfilm. Yeah, that's super cool. Story than uh, we thought. You know, what it, yeah. what, it, what it meant to you know, for, for that kid and everything. That's cool. Yeah. yeah, that's a way it, better it, story than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, it, it's like I, I, I found my way into doing a project with Lucasfilm through through charitable work. And uh, like I, I couldn't do it on my talent. There, <laughs> there's not enough there. <laughs> <laughs> well, just like you said before, right? It's uh, just uh, circumstances that kind of come together, whether it's luck, preparation, just doing all the right things at the right time. It all just it worked out for you. I'll tell you everything that I have done thus far. It, the the most common thread through all of it is that at every point where something looked like an opportunity, every time I've asked myself, "Well, why not?" and then tried it, and well, they don't always work out, but the ones that have have been pretty cool. Yeah, that's. I mean, I feel like that's our motto here. Some of the stuff we've thrown out there that hasn't worked out but the ones that have has, have been great yeah yeah, yeah we are like, you shoot your shots yeah well, me in particular i'm bad about that we've had so many ideas and then we're just <laughs> like yeah this is never gonna work or you just half-ass it but the past i don't know couple weeks couple months like we've really been putting pedal to the metal and trying to get stuff done so you know it's the only way you're gonna get anything done right is right making it happen for yourself the, the only way to do it is to do it so now that we know everything about your backstory condensed into a couple minutes, we're going to jump into current day where you are, as we said, the writer of Blaze It at Homie's comic book. Uh, before yeah. we get into that real quick, I mean, being a Michigander, what was your personal knowledge of Blaze or the Juggalo world at all? Like, is that just foreign to you or did you have any kind of idea yeah. of what you were jumping into? Um, I think my first exposure. Here we go. <laughs> I bought an ICP CD. I bought the Great Malenko when it came out. <laughs> there we go. That's what most people say. That's that's uh, a handful yeah. of the way to the world. <laughs> yeah. So like you know that that was what ninety seven. Mm, so, yeah, ninety seven, ninety eight, right? Yeah, ninety seven, ninety eight. So like twenty five years ago at this point. Um, yeah. So like. You know, and then obviously, you know, they, they, they were everywhere. You know, they I'm a big wrestling guy. So, like, you know, when they were a, a part of WWE for a hot minute, too, like, you know, is that more more of that, you know, broad exposure and stuff. So, you know, I've always 
known about the culture and the music and like i said you know from from way back um blaze is man i love his presence and have for a while like you know the casket factory uh was i i loved that um you know one list is obviously you know it's classic and you know rooted in the book and and, and we can talk about that you know i'm sure that's gonna gonna be part of the conversation but you know i found my way like like most people you go down a path of music and then like your tastes evolve and change in you still like the stuff that you liked and then you find other stuff you like and then i think almost all of us hit a point where we just stop exploring for new things and then we just listen to the same stuff over and over again That's and nice. you know I'm, I'm, i've always been an old school hip-hop guy and i've always been a big metalhead and so like I've had the same, you know, work, life, kids, all that stuff catches up with you. You don't have time to go explore and like, you know, go find uh, new music that's coming out, even from people that you did like. So, you know, we got to a point where when um, Dirk Manning was starting uh, to work with Twisted on the Haunted High End stuff, um, he and I have known each other for years now. And um, he was telling me about the project uh, as it was kind of ramping up. I was like, you know, like I haven't listened to any of that stuff in so long and i just started digging through like he and i were doing shows together and riding in the car and be like oh hey check out this new track they dropped and like so we'd be road tripping it listen to a couple songs here and there you know go back look for stuff on youtube look for stuff on you know on the net you know and just over the last few years have kind of found my way back in in in, in into the scene and and just the music it evolves and and, and you find your way in and out and I felt I fell back in in a big way because here we are. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's good. You answered uh, a bunch of questions we had <laughs> all in one story. So now that's that's interesting that you've you had a knowledge of Blaze beforehand and you followed him. It wasn't just like you jumped into one last G and that was it. Like you had you know the chronological progression of his story. Um, yeah, and and like admittedly, right? There's 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 pockets that uh that i'm missing you know that uh, i had to go back and and listen to because i've missed swaths of you know chunks of music over the years and stuff but you know it's it's crazy how some things work out i i definitely um i I would say that i was i was later to finding blaze than most uh but when i did find him uh like i said you just it's he's such a commanding presence just taken by the performance and the music and like watching him live i I've seen him a bunch of times now and I could continue to go and, and, and see him perform all the time. The, the dude's just fantastic. And very yeah, much like presence is, uh, stands out the voice, the, the big burly size. His cadence, his cadence and sound is just, it's like, it's like nothing else out there. And he is very much more wrestling than even ICP and twisted. Like he has a gimmick and he sticks to it and it's a backstory and it's, which we're about to touch on, but yeah, he is very, his presence and his persona and his gimmick are very, very big. Did you, I obviously you said you were familiar with it, but the comic is very deeply rooted in the first two CDs, uh, the EP and the, uh, one less G, um, Mm -hmm. how having such a, a rich backstory already created, how is that different for you than like just 
you know, okay, I have two characters that I want to build something around and you have kind of full autonomy to do it. How different mm-hmm. was it to already have that backstory in one form of media and you having to like spin it and then put it back together in your own your own vision? I'll tell you when when we first started, my biggest concern was am I going to be the right person to do justice to the framework that was already laid down? Because that's always, you know, this is my first time uh, really tackling someone else's IP, right? Someone else's creative process, somebody else's characters, somebody else's, you know, backstory, all, all of this. This is all, you know, this existed for quite a while. So my biggest concern was like, am I am I the right person and am I gonna be able to do this the justice that it that needs to be done? Um, so that was kind of the first thing for me where you know I really kind of looked at it and went, okay, this is different. This is different than anything I've ever done. Um, you know the other the other stuff too is like just trying to look at what what already existed with the music, with we already have Blaze exists in the Haunted Highons universe. Like he's in that first in in the first story arc. Right. And you know, so there was a lot of talk about like, this is Haunted Highons adjacent? Is it its own thing? Is there a crossover? Like what what does this look like? And um, again, not wanting to not wanting to trample on the things that had already been laid down before me. Um, I, I think those that that was the biggest challenge for me and the biggest um, probably the biggest difference than you know normally when I when I sit down and work on something it, it's it's soup to nuts you know from the ground up it's it's all me uh, and, and a collaborative effort with uh, you know co-creator with an artist um, you know to establish characters and a lot of universe building and you know stuff like that so stepping into uh, stepping stepping into this world where there was already such a rich tapestry of stories to tap into and that's i think one of the things that made it so much easier for me too to to like look at it and go okay i love a challenge and i've never done anything like this before but like it's all laid out like the storytelling throughout the music is such a it's such a big part of the music that it's like okay here's where this this is where this is going to be really good and you know, I'd, I'd written up a couple of, um, you had written up a pitch and an outline uh, at first when when we first started talking about doing this thing, because, you know, my first my first crack at the pitch was to try and swing it a, a little bit more um, to pick up from where Haunted Highons left him, and um, but also wanting to work in some of the origin stuff. And then after talking with the guys and kind of, you know, looking at just conceptually story notes um you know basically everybody said we want to tell the definitive origin story i'm like i could do that like cool we could still do this in a way that is tangentially connected and that you know it's still a part of the larger universe without you know making it spin right out of their story uh what but really if we're telling the origin story the origins in the music so now it's like ah <laughs> i got a place to play like i know right where we're going here's the playlist here's the songs like you know, and that's even even you know with some of the early uh, creative exchanges, it's like, hey, here's a here's a set list you should listen to. I'm like, nope, already there, like <laughs> perfect. Like if we're telling the origin story, like this is right where we're at, and you know that 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 was that was that was the fun of it. Like I think 
I think sometimes people, I think people would be a little afraid to play in somebody else's sandbox because, you know, like I said, there's always that fear, right? Like, I don't want to, I, I don't want people to think that what's there isn't good enough because that's never the intent, right? And that's always the worry is that it's like, well, why are you coming in and rehashing the thing that's already done? Like, it was already done well. And it's like, no, this is just enhancing it. This is reconciling music with the with the character, with the performer on stage, bringing it all together in visual medium, you know, and, and being able to, like, give a full experience. And that's kind of the other side of this, too, that I thought was really cool and something that really excited me at the beginning that I've never gotten to do before is that doing this comic, how often do you, do you get a comic that has a soundtrack? Like, right. <laughs> what a cool thing. As reading through it, I could hear it, you know, playing out in my head as I was reading through the pages like oh that's kicking in as I'm on that page you know <laughs> yeah and that's a good I mean I know it's kind of been done before but it would be interesting to even package the comic with even like a sampler CD of some of those tracks yeah so we'll have to put that together Chris we'll, we'll talk to the big <laughs> man uh, when you say um, like you went to them and they gave you a set list or, you know, they wanted to make sure you were on the right track. Who's we? Is that a, a George and Mike thing or is that a Blaze himself thing? Who's who is your yeah, specific contact? Yeah. So it's like it's 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 Magic Ninja as a whole. Um, all those guys are great and have been fantastic partners. Um, I've had really good conversations with Mike, with George, with Blaze, you know, and I know collectively, too. Right. Like when we come to the table and talk about stuff. I know they're talking about stuff before we even get to the table, like kind of, you know, getting what, you know, on their side, like where they want to have everything laid out. You know, I know, uh, and, and I know Jamie and Paul, uh, you know, probably have had conversations in there as well. And, and on the source point side, it's, it's, you know, it's Dirk, it's me. Um, and then with some of the other pieces, right. Like Travis McIntyre and Josh Warner and, and, and some of those guys. So, um, but primarily, you know, coming together, it's, depending on which thing we're talking about, right? It's it's a little bit of everybody. Um, you know, Bla Blaze and I started talking a little bit later in the process. Um, and, you know, some of the earliest conversations, because, I mean, these conversations have been going on for a while. Like, I think book, the book coming out now, I think initially when we started, when this, this started as an idea, this is, we're probably at about a year and a half-ish year and a half year and nine months year and year and three quarter that like this it started as a hey like we should talk about this and then it was um astro astro five that blaze and i first had a meet uh like a face-to-face -face, like hey like we're gonna be working together this is cool like where we actually you know met face to face for the first time and had a brief conversation just right on the show floor at astro so you know um it's different conversations with different people all along the way, but everybody at Magic Ninja is great. They're just great creative powerhouses. Like I, I love the ideas that come from them. Uh, where were we uh, talking about the process? Um, so you already had a, a knowledge and a history of knowing what songs you wanted to bring together um, to make this comic a reality. Just out of curiosity, like how how did that come to be? Like, did you write down lyrics? Did you go on like genius and pull lyrics, or did you just sit there and listen so much, or were you so familiar with the songs that 
You know, it just it kind of came to you like, oh, I know Saturday afternoon. I know bop, bop, bop. I can weave these into the story. So it's so funny. Like when that concept of a playlist came up, I think it was Mike provided me a, a, a list of like, he's like, here's 10, 12 songs. I'm like, no, I, I'm good. Like, I know right where these are from. Like, I'll go through and listen. And, you know, the first time through, um, I basically just stuck a pair of headphones on and just no pen, no pencil, no paper, just sat, closed my eyes and listened. Just a full playthrough, the entire set list, one full go just to get the vibe, you know, mm-hmm. it's like revisiting an old friend. And then, uh, and then after that, uh, if you seen the Charlie day, like uh, conspiracy theory, you know, with the, the board and the strings and like, you know, it, it was a little bit like that. I had one of those like eight foot folding plastic banquet tables set up mm-hmm. in my office, I had it set up and my laptop in the center of the table and then papers strewn on either side of the laptop, just second time through, just jotting notes down. Like I had each piece of paper was a song, every song, every time I heard something, I was like, yeah, no, that plays well in kind of where, where we're headed here. Like, you know, with the, the origin story end of itself, it all really started for me with the, um, under the intro, right? Like where, where he gets shot that that's that like right off the bat. It's like, that has to be, what this is built off of because that's the it, it, through all the music that's the definitive piece of origin that's it's it's already laid out you know so i basically when i went through i was taking notes after this the, the second listen through taking notes on specifics things that i've never really paid attention to before like how many gunshots got fired welcome like, you know, to our just, world <laughs> yeah like, on, on minute yeah. details exactly right like because i'm like i want to do this right and like i know somebody's gonna like if it's if it's five shots instead of six, right, or four shots instead of five, somebody should be like, too many gunshots, not enough gunshots, right? You know, and that, that's like, I wanted to make sure that, like, if we're going to do it, let's do it right. Like, went through, listen, like, okay, this many gunshots. Here's what's happening here. You know, just, just taking just general notes through each song of, like, oh, this, this plays here, this plays here. Like, this is a really good segue. Like, just trying to, like, lay out a cohesive story, you know, end to end. Cause that's, that's the thing about, you know, writing comics, you a 22 page script. So you've got a definitive beginning and ending point. You have to hit a page count and you also have to move. If you think about a story in three acts, you have to move the story in such a way that you're, you, you build and then you, you hit the, you know, that, that crescendo, you hit the climax and then, you know, come down on the resolution. Mm-hmm. And, um, so that second listen through was a lot of just, oh, I feel like this is first act. Oh, like, ooh, this would work really well, third act. You know, like just trying to move stuff around like that. And then the third listen through, I went through and actually started pulling specific lyrics out. You know, so it's like first is a vibe check. Second is just like kind of thematically where we're going. And the third one was getting into the nitty gritty of like, this line is perfect here this line is perfect here this section of this song is a whole scene like that's a whole sequence um i don't want to spoil too much because the the book isn't fully released yet not everybody's gotten a gotten a copy of it but there's a sequence in a liquor store early in the book that is 
straight out of straight out of the music. There's a sequence um, right after the liquor store <laughs> that is right out of the music, and they're not necessarily out of the same song, but being able to take that was kind of one of the cool challenges was to sit down and like listen through and pull lyrics and then go, oh, like these could go together. Like this is this is a whole like sequence of events that could have happened before and after what we're building this off of, off of that opening sequence where you know, he gets jumped and shot. And then, and then the, the audio of him getting dug up and um, you know, kind of that, that inner monologue that, you know, that I remember it all it, great. When that kicks off, it's like, Oh, that's, that has to be, we have to kick that off in the comic. Like that has to be a whole sequence, like built right off of that. So like I had these, these ideas after, a couple of listen throughs of like, okay, I know this is a huge chunk of the first act. I know this is what we're building to. Like, I know this is a huge chunk of the second act. And then, you know, so like I did three or four full listens through the playlist and took notes as I went. Like I said, just it got deeper and deeper each time. And then, um, so I had all my papers spread across the table and, you know, crazy conspiracy theory linking this one to that one and trying to put a cohesive story together out of out of all of the themes and then the specific lyrics and then uh kind of shaping it into a script and trying to 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 hammer out the 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 less tight areas because some pieces you know out of the lore are really well really well defined really well put together but then when we start talking about you know a definitive origin story you know what does that mean like there's so much from those first couple of albums that could have been thrown in there that it's like, how do you pick and choose? And, you know, what, what shapes a story? And so it, it was, it was really fun to go through and do that, but, but yeah, three, three or four listens through uh, and, and definitely got into some, you know, really, really specific into the weeds on stuff. And it's funny that you say, um, and there's so many things to unwrap with what you just said. Uh, that he is thematic, but it's not in the same, or it's not in the correct order. As much as it's right. awesome how those CDs start, and we're talking One Last G and the EP of like the funeral or the, um, you know, the resurrection, everything isn't sequential, but you kind of took right. all of that and placed it in the correct order. There's also so much overlap of, you don't want to say things are mm, incorrect, or they change story from one to the other, but we joked about it all season. Like before the CDs even came out, the the theory was that uh, it was in the sampler, right, Chris? The two thousand one right. sampler where uh, Blaze was their buddy. He got shot outside of a, a concert, and then years later they resurrected him as Dark Lotus. And it's like, oh, well, that's interesting. But then you hear the first CD. And they kind of don't even like touch on it. And then the next CD, it's something totally different. And then there's that Lotus song we couldn't remember in the last episode, Chris. It's Grave Robbers, where yeah. it's all about robbing graves. And then Blaze's lyrics, you don't realize until the end, he's the one that's getting dug up. And you're like, holy shit, that's like his origin story. Like he's got so many bits and pieces that finally they're coming together in this comic. And I don't know if anyone can say, if you want to say, 
that this is the definitive story. Like in 20 years, 200 years, when the aliens come and dig all this up and they want to know, who is that guy Blaze? The comic book is going to be the definitive story. I, I would assume you take pride in that and you want to say, yes, this is it, 100%, this is canon. I think, I think creating something and then being connected to that creation has some responsibility and some of that responsibility is rooted in recognizing who really owns it right and for me that's blaze has been making music for decades now he's over 20 years that's crazy crazy in itself that you even said that sentence (laughs) but but like there's a point where i feel like the music really belongs to the fans. You know, that this whole community has adopted and is so passionate that, you know, there's so many people that are Blaze experts on the lore and on the backstory and and, and the music, in, you know, itself, that it's like, I kind of feel the same way about the comic because it's, again, it's I, I take a lot of pride in, in, in wanting to deliver the best story that I can deliver that the fans are going to like that blaze liked that M and E liked, you know, that every, everybody who has a hand in this is right. going to enjoy it. Right. Like that, that's, I, I, I'm, I'm simply, they had already built the pieces. I just put them in an order, you know, and, 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 and smoothed out, you know, where it connects. And I think for me, uh, if people want to say that, then that makes me happy. I just want people to enjoy it. I want everybody who has their their heart in this, whether it's as a fan or, you know, from from a creative aspect that, you know, Blaze's opinion was so important to me, you know, and, and wanting to make sure that he was 100% on board with what we were doing. Because otherwise, like, why are we doing it? And right. I've gotten nothing but positive feedback. And that's that's that was always kind of the discussion is that, like, we want to tell the definitive origin story. So cool like if 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 people feel like we that that's what this is then i did my job what 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 part i played in it it's it's really a a very large collaborative effort from everybody from uh you know the the crew at m&e and blaze and uh you know source point and austin mckinley doing you know with with all the art and and drana joe uh, on editing duty she helped you know again it's the having a great editor, a little, little comic pro tip, somebody who can rein in some of your bad ideas and, <laughs> and maybe make you realize that your best ideas are tucked away, you know, that you, you touched on a thing that maybe you should spend more time on this thing and less time on this thing over here and it might make it flow a little bit better. So, you know, it's the collaborative effort. Everybody had a, had a, had a hand in it. So I, I'm hoping everybody that is reading it enjoys it as much as we did working on it you know and i think that shows i mean it's it shows that you took that kind of care and that you were a fan and uh yeah everything that i've heard people who grabbed it at astro or at your convention um i've heard nothing but good stuff so i know we liked it 
the first day that Chris and I got it, I mean, what night, what night did we get home, like Chris? Like fucking midnight, one o'clock, and like we're still texting each other like two in the morning. Like, did you? That's that song. Like, that's definitive. Like, um, there was again. I guess we've touched on. We don't want to totally spoil it because it's not out in the in the public. It could be, but it's not. Um, even like how many times he got shot. Like, there's a very specific drawing, and it's like, yep. That's it right there. And we've argued that back and forth because they've gone around the corner with it. But it's like, there it is right there. It's <laughs> we were we were very pleased that night to be reading that and texting each other at two in the morning. Uh, Especially as that, long as we've spent in this album, spending this entire season digging in. And you said going over so many details. We had the same thing as you said, the Charlie Day. We had a spreadsheet full of notes and all these things. And we, we kind of made jokes <laughs> about how convoluted things became. But when we picked up the the book and yeah, thumb through it, we're like, oh, this is like, what when we put it in our brains, what we wanted it to look like the story. I think you guys captured it for sure. Ah, uh, that's awesome to hear. That's that's I love hearing stuff like that. That you guys were excited enough, like you got home and jump read it and then jumped on and were talking about it like that late, like that 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 warms my nerdy little heart. <laughs> <laughs> and how many? I mean, again, we don't want to totally spoil it so we'll we'll rein that in and talking about the story but is there any future to blaze either in his own comic series or does this weave into haunted high ons or where do we go from here with you and or blaze in this media so the first thing i'll say is is that very specifically uh tied it into the haunted high ends universe in a in a very what i feel is a very non-intrusive way that i think we've established that um number one like i said we wanted to be respectful of the fact that blaze has already been established in the haunted high ends universe in 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 the darkness rises trade uh and like being able to veer off and tell the origin story and still be able to give the nod back to that and I won't spoil how it's tied in because there's a couple of different in that sequence there's a couple of little things that if you've read uh, Darkness Rises and then read the Green Book that uh, there's little things that, that, that tie in in that sequence and we'll just leave it at that um, so it was very purposely done in case as this builds and grows that there's never a reason not to continue. You know what I mean? And it could go in a couple of different ways. You could always tie back in and do, you could do a Blaze Haunted High on story. You know, you could veer right back into that universe or you could continue telling more Blaze's stories outside of that structured framework because uh, he's got a tapestry of albums that would tie into a, 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 what I think would be a wonderful series of books uh and so is there is there a future i think if the book does well and and people are enjoying it and there's enough enough passion and reaction around it that people are asking for more i think there very well could be i think everybody wants that um i don't think any of us walked into this going like yeah we're just gonna do one and call it good you know but i i think we did walk in going like let's let's deliver the the best first take we can do 
and see how people react to it and see if they see if they they respond to it and that'll really determine the future so uh remains to be seen would be my official on on the record answer but uh if if somebody said hey do you want to do more blaze books i i certainly wouldn't say no nice it is interesting <laughs> you made the the point it's almost like the reverse marvel cinematic universe where they have endless comics to pull these stories from you have endless songs that you could build you know comics around so it's almost like a reverse of right. what's happening out there with the movies it's kind of interesting looking at it that way yeah it's the, it's a great creative well to draw from and even how how you handle the what what you guys touched on earlier too about you know how when you listen when you listen to the albums it's not necessarily the story isn't necessarily in a story order right and that mm-hmm. you're getting kind of bits and pieces and fragments and there's a number of ways that you can that i think you can interpret that from a storytelling perspective especially when you get into comics you know it's a very visual medium there's a number of ways you can do disjointed timelines that really really make it makes me excited thinking about how how it could all be laid out and how it all intertwines because i love i love being able to take and like it's like a big puzzle to me like i, I love right. having all the pieces in front of me and finding a way to connect them together now that you say it like that and i would really have to think about blaze's discography whew, the first two cds definitely intertwine pre and post death for him uh, pre and then dying the rest of it how many songs does he have that go backwards or is everything just he's the dead man interesting like that and just like the comic now you've established the story and now everything is him roaming the earth we're talking like he's a fucking real zombie <laughs> that's so dumb well, but, as he but like, before he lives in the cosmos on the edge of time so you could go way out in the space with him too you know he's, yes he's uh, there, the there are <laughs> couple space, space references space. yeah well we'll get you well if you need any uh references on filling in the gaps of your um your musical knowledge we'll we'll help you out no worries I appreciate <laughs> we have 25 years of listening to nonsense so we can we can help <laughs> you out there i guess we didn't even talk about this but as we wind down the comic has come out in a few different forms um but it's not fully released as of yet how do people listening to this make sure how can they make sure that they get the comic when it when it comes out is there a a preferred method that you would like them to follow yeah well i mean the uh, the best way to get any comic book that comes out um in 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 a nationally distributed uh model uh you know source point is a publisher that they you know, they release books worldwide. They're with a number of distributors. So supporting a local comic shop is probably the best way and the easiest way on, on the date of release when it comes out. Um, a lot of a lot of comic shops will do pre-orders and pull lists. So, you know, I was encouraging people that, that the comic book shop model is really interesting in that they, they put in all of their orders for books uh, two months before they ship typically. So uh, getting there on release day, like, they typically will order for the people that have it on their pull list that pre-ordered it, and then they'll order some for the rack usually. So, um, but it's not every shop. Not every shop may be carrying it. They get a catalog of, you know, 600-page catalog every month that they have to order books from that are coming out. So it's it's crazy the amount of comics that exist out there. But I would say upfront, that's that's always the first line of defense. Hit your local comic shop, support those guys. Uh, they're a, a great community resource and uh, the place to get 
to, to get comics in the most direct fashion. Uh, if you don't have a local comic shop near you, uh, or if you have one that isn't carrying it, uh, there's a number of different ways to get it online. Like I said, there's a lot of comic shops that'll do online sales, pre-orders. Uh, I know uh, M&E has, uh, they have some pre-orders up for some of the variants, as well as the main book. Uh, I think they still had some, They were. I think they were pre-selling uh, pre-selling the main book signed by Blaze. So if you wanted a signed copy, I think they still had a few slots for that left on their website. And then, you know, after the fact, like obviously, like I'll have copies. I'm sure, uh, I'm sure Emily will have copies that they'll have up on their website as well. Um, and so, you know, catch up with me at a convention or you know through my website or uh, number of different ways to get a hold of it for sure. But comic book shops are going to be the place. That's that's the widest distribution. Support your local store. We do like to hear that. Although I don't know what my local comic book store is anymore. Do you have one, Chris? Like we used to have Comics Plus, yeah, Comics Archives. There was like three or four I'd always hit between like me, my area, and your area. But I couldn't tell you the the best one anymore. So yeah, A to Z Cards and Comics in Garden City is still kicking it. Thirty years strong there. <laughs> I know uh, State of Comics uh, ordered quite a bit of it too. Um, that's in, in Plymouth, right? Yeah, that's they're a good, good one. dudes. They're always they're big Astronomicon supporters. They they're big. They they supported this book. They uh, they had us do the signing for the Ashcan back at uh, Astro Six, and then they did the exclusive at Astro Six Point Five. So uh, I'm all about giving those guys some love too. Um, Correct. Number good of retailers. Call. I mean, I know uh, I know Traverse City's Top Comics is carrying it. I know uh, Space Cadets Collection Collection uh, in Texas is carrying it. I know. Uh, I know Superfly Comics and Games in Yellow Springs, Ohio is carrying some. Um, all shop owner friends that I know that 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 said like, "Hey, we're getting this in." So, always love throwing throwing the love to the uh, to the folks that are you know that that went to bat and and and, and pre-ordered it. So, hundred percent. And uh, I'm looking right now as of this recording, there are still copies of all different versions on uh, com. So, if you're listening to this as we drop it. Feel free to jump on there and grab it. Um, yeah, they, uh, they still have some of the crazy, the the crazy limited variants too. That's kind of where I was going with this. Like real quick, I know we talked about it when we were at Astro. So the variants on this for the collector nerd in us, which mm-hmm. both Chris and I had to tap out immediately. We're like, no, we can't, we can't. We want to, but we can't. And I dove in deeper than I probably wanted to. So you have the ash cam which came out yep. at Astro 6. You have the normal version. You have the mm-hmm. Astronomicon version. Uh, your, uh, the, the version that came out earlier at your convention in Traverse City, the uh, yep. Cherry Capital version. Um, there are four different ones that Jamie Madrox drew the cover of, where that's so all cool. like the, the chromium, the metal... I assume there's a regular version. There's a um, there's a regular. There's a virgin uh, where it's just the art without the trade dress. Uh, there's a chromium, and then there's a metal. So much, <laughs> so much so nonsense. Much. It's so cool, though. Oh, it yeah. is. <laughs> I think I want to tap in and get one of those. I just don't know which one uh, of the the Jamie covers. Um, I'm going to defer to you guys because you're the comic experts. I don't know. I'm a, I'm an, I'm, I'm an eighties and nineties comic kid at heart. So like the Chromium cover was, was one that really got me. I was just like, 
a chromium variant, like, again, my little nerdy heart was just like, yes! <laughs> Is that 4th of July still, still going on? I may, have to, <laughs> I may have to check that one out. Let's let's look at the web store, Chris. If there's anything you want to jump on, we may have <laughs> to... Uh, yeah, There's, of course, everything, everything we always want is never on the... They're like, oh, excluding the two things that we want, so... There's one other variant, too, that that got announced, but nobody knows when and where it's dropping yet. It's it's kind of the biggest mystery. There's a couple of, uh, there's a couple of collector groups on uh, social media that have been asking and keeping tabs on it. Um, ABK posted an image. There, there's an ABK variant cover. Uh, dropping at some point and but uh, no, no info yet as to when or where I would watch his social media for those details whenever they do drop even I don't know I've, I'm, I'm guessing um, I I know as much as everybody else does at this point I know the cover exists I've seen the cover he's he shared it out but uh, I think that's I think that's the last one that I know about I think there's nine total right now <laughs> Uh, and if you're a collector, I'm sure there's someone out there who has them all. I I don't know if I can do it. I have the uh, I have two so far, so we'll uh, we'll see. Maybe we'll add a couple to the collection. Being able uh, to do being able to do the variant at Cherry Capital was such a cool deal. Because um, we got Ben Tumblesmith. Um, all, all the other variants, you know, uh, Jamie threw down those ones on the M and E shop, and then uh, Austin McKinley, who does the interiors on the book. Uh, did the Astro variant, the Ashcan, and did the ABK cover. The Cherry Capital variant had Ben Templesmith from from Thirty Days of Night. Uh, just fantastic! Like his art is just right in that wheelhouse of like horror and the macabre, and like ah, just such a cool thing. Being a huge comic nerd, like being able to work with him and have him turn something in was just like just chef's kiss. Just right, <laughs> so excited about that. Yeah, that, that cover made... jumped out. I do love that one. I was just saying that may be my favorite cover. So, props to you for having that at your uh, your creation at your show. I mean, that's that's a nice little combination. So, it it, like it was it was certainly nice to be able to uh, to to pull it off. I love though. I I don't think there's been a bad cover yet. Those ones that Austin no. turned in the Astro six point five variant. Like I didn't actually see that in person until we were at the show for the signing. So right when we got to the booth and we started pulling them out to sign for people, it was the first time I actually held one in my hands. So I was like, oh, my God, this looks so good. Yeah, they were right across from us, and I got the itch halfway through, and I'm like, yeah, I need to go grab one. So <laughs> their, their placement worked perfectly, just staring into our soul and drawing <laughs> me over there. And I was going to grab it, but I'm sure, Chris, you'll do your magic here, right? It'll be right. Yeah, I'll drop it in there. Here. Right there. <laughs> right somewhere in that vicinity. Um, as we wrap this up, uh, what do you have in your future? Um, do you have anything else that you want to, not to be cliche, but anything you want to plug or anything you're working on? or What's what's yeah, in your I, near future? This uh, this Blaze book has, has been my life these last few months. So uh, kind of coming out, I'm excited for the main book to release here in the next, uh, in the next couple of weeks. And... Um, after that, like I've got a couple of shop signings, and uh, those those are going to get solidified as the as the book drops, and then I'm kind of back on the grind. I've got three uh, creator own projects that I've been working on. Um, one is a uh, w- one is like a like a high fantasy um, like fantasy sci fi type thing that I'm working on uh, that I 
think that's going to be the first one that I move forward with. Um, the other two, one's a, a real personal, like, uh, like a family project. I'm doing a, I'm doing a book about my grandfather, uh, which I, I'm still kind of fleshing out the details of, of, of exactly how I want that to play out. I've got a really interesting concept, but uh, kind of wanted to pay tribute to him because uh, he's the guy that kind of was was the the the, the, the guiding, uh, you know, kind of force in my life as a kid. Uh, and then I've got a superhero book that I've been kicking around that the first I've outlined three full trades for it and then uh, have also fully written at least the first half of script one. So like I've started the actual scripting, but like I've got the story mapped up for three full trades. And uh, I think that one I'm going to come back to here. So like I'm, I'm you know, when you when you do shows and stuff, you're like on the road promoting books that are out and then you come off the road and you start grinding to create more. And that's, I'm entering that creation cycle where I've got like these three queued up that really need to be fleshed out and get, start getting some art in on them. And so that's, that's where I'm headed. Um, no imminent release on any of those. I'm kind of hoping, hoping to have the first one queued up by the end of the year, if all goes well. So. All right. Nice. Well, we will keep an eye on that for sure. Um, before we go, obviously you uh, we've already touched on it. Big wrestling fan, right? And we're oh, yeah. so uh, let's just go top five favorite wrestlers. We'll go uh, all time. Let's 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 see where you're at. You're gonna you're gonna make me do the Mount Rushmore. And I wasn't gonna say that. We just like top five lists, so okay. I wasn't gonna be so cliche. But okay, um, my number one all time is Shawn Michaels. Hands down, love the Heartbreak Kid. Uh, the rest of my top five, I think, will constantly shift and move depending on the mood I'm in. Sounds about um, right. <laughs> Sounds like us. Big, uh, big. Oh, gonna make some people angry. It's hard to narrow it to five. Um, Bret Hart, Ricky Steamboat, Randy Savage, Ric Flair. Hmm. Good list. I, I, Solid. I think I think I'd put I think I think I would put them in there if we're talking modern wrestling. Yeah, we would throw a couple modern ones in there because it's it's hard as we've said a million times, right? Like to you like the people I, now, but to put them up in that echelon is very difficult. So you almost need a little side list. I love everything that uh, Seth Rollins is doing. Dude can do no wrong in my eyes. Fantastic. <laughs> I'm loving uh, Gunther. Yes, it's uh, despite, <laughs> the terrible, despite the terrible name change, I am I am loving Gunther. Um, FTR, if we're talking tag team wrestling, FTR is 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 clearly the top of the top, the best of the best, and 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 frankly, I love that Danhausen. Yes, yeah. we all do. I love that Danhausen. He's a perfect mix of everything. We kind of talk yes, about you got one too. <laughs> I have the, the bag of teeth behind us too. Somewhere. Of course there. there's no light, but I have a Danhausen shelf all of his nonsense. So they're not foreign objects because people already have teeth in their mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Look at you. Oh, good stuff. We love that Danhausen. Did, uh, did you did you pre order the uh the, the ringside exclusive figure that's coming for him not yet but it does look super cool um the, 
I'm a sucker for a good gimmick, and and the gimmick packages get me. The, so the, the box fact is that good. the front flap of the box opens up like him opening up a cloak, I'm just like sold on the box alone. Yeah. He's got a couple coming out all at the same time. That's kind of, I think, what I'm waiting on to see which one's maybe better. But uh, they yeah. all look fantastic. So, Yeah, I picked up that Zombie Sailor one that you've got. I've, I, actually, my my teenager's a huge Sandhausen fan, too. So, like, we picked up a couple of those. And then I think I, I think I have all of the micro brawlers that he's released. Yeah, there's a couple. I think, so I think there's a couple. I might <laughs> be missing one variant because there's a variant of him where he's got where he's holding the where he's holding the cape out there's two versions of that one i think i'm missing one of those but i feel like they either did they just release another one yeah it's something weird did, with that he, that just popped evil up. Danhausen, the, the the one with the with the railroad spike yeah I, i'm sorry i meant like with the cape i thought i saw a different color maybe it was just exclusive to his uh to something recently I don't oh, know, but yeah, opinion. he's got a bunch. It's it's hard to keep track of. I do love that Danhausen. We all do. <laughs> we all love that Brian Danhausen. He's stiffed us this year. He was not at six point five, but maybe he'll be back for a seven. Um, yeah, I mean that's about so, all we got. Um, it was obviously good talking to you. Like I appreciate your time. Um, anytime, I appreciate you guys having me on. Anytime you're down here, Metro Detroit area, you want to. Uh, find the best place to eat you want a good donut we always bring donuts to astronomicon so if we see you at seven Dude, gotta, gotta swing by and grab an apple fritter we uh we hook up the boys donut at seven <laughs> yes it was definitely yes so anytime you're in the area here food wrestling whatever you have two new friends so welcome to the that. juggalo rewind canon you've written the blaze canon now you're part of our canon all right <laughs> all right rob thanks for your time and we'll talk to you soon thanks guys i appreciate it and we're jumping ahead here but your comic is just came out yeah um, and there's lots of different versions of it god there's at least four different covers now yeah. i think yes, i've seen yeah. and do you feel that that's your story like is I that, mean, is that like the, the, that is the i mean if you if you're reading through that you're looking at it, it is very close to telling mm-hmm. what the ep is and what you start with mm-hmm. and that's basically what i think that was what everybody fell in love with in the beginning so i told them that's exactly what we should do it's like what well, change what's what they already love let's do what is there right. you know use what we already have as part of our the backstory to actually use you know what i mean yeah. what's the what's the you know, going back and changing it now and switching it up. Like, oh, well, it wasn't uh, Lotus and it wasn't Twisted. It was actually, uh, you know, it was Papa Shango. He was voodoo. And I'm like, okay. Yeah, well, that'd be an interesting way. Uh, you know, I mean, draw but, that comic. Huh? Yeah, it's, you know, it's just, uh, yeah, I thought, I thought it was cool. And I said they stay true to the character. And, um, you know, I, I try to stay out of it as much as possible because I wanted to take their take on what it was. And I told him to use a lot of what is there. Like, there's a character that's already fleshed out. We've been working on this guy right. for the years upon years. <laughs> that I, he is, he is me, and I am he. <laughs> and you know, what I mean, I want you to like, I want your interpretation of what you listen when you listen to it, what you think, and what you get from it. And that's kind of where they started. And it, you know, 
That's what I liked about it. Yeah. Right. There's a lot of lyrics there. Yeah, almost every page is like, oh, For I sure. know that like, song. I know this. And, and it's that's all... what it is. It's all in, you know, he went back and they, you could see they're actually listening to the stuff and they're fully For taking sure. from what right. they're in there. And it's their, you know what I mean, what their interpretation is from it. It's not, you know, because everybody gets their own. They're like, well, I see this. This is what I see. And this is what I see. And, you know, it's yeah, crazy. Not to be a spoiler to the comic, but I think we were talking the other day. We just got one two days ago. Yeah. I was reading it. I never put together that the pantyhose was from a robbery. Like, it makes sense when you say it. But at the time, we're just like, oh, he's trying to, like, 20 years ago, we're like, oh, he's trying to mask his face, doesn't want to, but never put together that it was because of a robbery. Well, I mean, it it makes it funny when you, like, look at movies with Nicolas Cage, like, raising Arizona, and he's wearing that (laughs) thing. That's that's. But I mean, you know, that is. It's like people used to do that. They yeah. think that, well, you can't tell who I am. No, I was on a on my face. I can see, I know exactly who you are, bro. You're Terry Funk, not, not Chainsaw Charlie. Right. Right. It's not that hard to tell. You could tell. So it's very funny. You know, and that's what we always thought. It was like, there was a little humor to it, but it was sure. also some. Yeah, it's got to be because you're dead body. <laughs> for yeah, sure. Gotta... For sure. I mean, you got you, you to gotta take everything with a grain of salt because if you take yourself too seriously, then people think you're stupid. And then, <laughs> right. you, you know, it's easy to fucking attack you and then you're easily fucking everything's, oh, now you you got me and I ain't bleeding. Like, mm. I don't care. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> you don't like me. You think it's fucking fake. Go fuck yourself. I don't care, right? Right. That's what it should be. That's like a wrestling story. Here. Yeah, that's hundred percent is. That's you know, and that's what we do. It's the same business. Yeah, definitely. just a different style. I think that's why we've always liked right. your guys' music and wrestling. It's all. Yeah. That's what's up. Tell you, I'm back in wrestling. Like full on. I was just at Monday Night Raw watching again. Like I'm there again. Like, yeah. well, let's talk man. about wrestling. Forget about all those. <laughs> we can talk wrestling all day too. That's what's up. And there you have it. Nice, friendly conversation with our new good buddy Rob Humphrey and. Sprinkled in a little more of uh, your dead homie Blaze talking about the comic. If you would like to follow Rob on social media, please look at our show notes. We will have it there, and you can go follow him on all social medias. And while you're on social media, you always want to follow us at Juggalo RWD. Give us a call, leave us an email, or text 810-666-1570. Or email us at juggalorwd at gmail.com. Also of note, while I was editing this episode, as we talked about on the episode, I went on to mnestore.com and ordered the Chromium variant of the comic. So if you still need your versions, please seek them out at your local comic book store or go online and find one of the many variants and keep that collection going. The more they sell, maybe we'll get some more Blaze Comics in the future. That's it for now. Hopefully we are back next week, finally wrapping this season up. I don't think we have any more tricks up our sleeves. For once, we actually did everything that we wanted to. So, for Chris, this is Peter. We will see you next week on the Juggalo Rewind. All music played in this episode and in this entire season is owned by the respective publishers and copyright holders and is reproduced for review purposes only under fair use. This show is a member of the Underground Podcast Community. UPC. UPC.